0: Born from the tragedy of 9 11, the Tonalta Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tonalta Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tonalta Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month Tunnel to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us.
1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Elon Musk flexes his muscles. We're all for it. Tech billionaire made an offer to buy 100% of Twitter at $54.20 per share a bid that's valued at about 43 billion dollars in total musk said the deal is part of his plan to bring quote free speech around the globe how refreshing some of us not the libs friends it's time for hold the line welcome to hold the line i'm buck sexton in elon we trust at least insofar as you care about the first amendment and the future of free speech on the internet The libs are in meltdown about this. We'll get to it in a second. But the world's richest man has decided that the censorship and the bullying of the left via the Twitter platform needs to stop. And so he's trying to do something about it. So Elon Musk is going all in to try to buy this. Now, they're going to stop him if they can. They're circling the wagons in a bunch of ways to stop Elon from being able to actually own Twitter. Here is his SEC filing. I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe, and I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functional democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. My offer is my best and final offer, and, and if it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Twitter has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. I mean, this should be absolutely fantastic, right? Anybody who believes in free expression, the free exchange of ideas, should see this and say to themselves, well, this is great. You've got the world's richest man, who's really a genius, let's be honest, built Tesla, SpaceX. This guy's an incredible visionary. And he's not a dogmatic right-winger by any stretch. He just believes in the free exchange of ideas. He realizes how important that is for a free and functional society, and yet the left is angry about this, and some on the right, or people who pretend to be on the right for the amusement of the left. For example, uh, the Washington Post, which is owned by a billionaire, worth noting, because all these people are upset about a billionaire trying to buy Twitter, but a billionaire owns the Washington Post, and the Sulzberger Sulzberger family that owns the New York Times billionaires, uh, Carlos Slim, who invested and owned, I think about 20% of the New York Times until pretty recently, billionaire. That's all fine, of course, right? Those billionaires are good. George Soros investing money all over the country in social justice causes, even in DA's races so that you can have district attorneys who let career violent criminals out cuz you know, justice or something. That's the good those are the good billionaires. Max Boot, former Republican, now somebody who does this self-debasing nonsense So I'm a right winger who only criticizes Republicans. He wrote on Twitter. He's a moron. I'm frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that on social media, anything goes. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. Content moderation is a fancy way of saying censorship. Because you see, no one is arguing, and nor does Elon Musk argue, in favor of, you can make death threats or there should be pornography on Twitter, or there should be doxing of individuals' private, you know, phone numbers, home addresses on Twitter. No one's arguing for that. Here's what we are arguing. You should be able to say that a man can't become a woman because it's true. You should be able to say that mask policies, mask mandates, masking up, does not work to stop, to stop COVID because it's true. You should have been able to share, whether openly or through direct message, the Hunter Biden laptop story because it was true. That's what we're really fighting over here, and everybody knows it. But they go, oh, we need more content moderation, or else it's just going to be anarchy on Twitter. I'm sorry. Whatever happened to Twitter is a private company? It can do what it wants. They're going to change their tune on that really quickly. Look, the left has no principles. They have the pursuit of power. There is no core principle of the left other than that power we must have it we must will it that is what the left thinks however they get there is fine and however much they abuse it is fine because the end is power in itself here you go here's a software allegedly a software engineer at twitter i think he might be a blue checks so it's probably true i can't even i can't even with elon buying twitter i may have to rethink my employment if that actually happens good go destroy free speech somewhere else. Stop doing it at a place that was built was built on the promise that it would be a platform for free speech. And it has, it has betrayed its users, and it has betrayed its role in public discourse. Here is another person, another person of the left, so upset. Pam Keith, lawyer, whatever. Dear Elon, blank off. Wow. It's great lawyering there. Your ego is way bigger than your judgment and your money doesn't make you a decent leader of a damn thing. You run a racist company and I will never let my words drive your bottom line. I'll be doing all I can to convince liberals not to buy your stuff. Um, yeah, this, I've never, I don't even know who this person is. Uh, never seen or heard of her before. No one cares. But it's just interesting to see inside the mind of these leftists. I'm angry that Elon's going to buy a company so let's call him racist. Call him racist? Why? Oh, just because they're trying to smear him because they're angry at him because Twitter has become this little toy that the left gets to use however it wants, and it pretends that it's going to share with the other side, with Republicans, with conservatives, with just free speech in general, but it doesn't. They like this game. They like it rigged, just like they like their elections. Just like they like their elections. Here's a college professor, uh, a very sane fellow, Wilfred Riley. He writes, The wild thing about the potential must-takeover of Twitter is that no one even pretends Elon is a movement conservative who will censor leftists or normies the argument is wholly that he will stop other censorship that they like. And that is exactly the point. They don't worry. There's no concern that, that leftists are going to be booted off the platform or the Democrats are going to be silenced. So, no, no, no. They can't handle a fair game. That's the point. The notion of a fair platform where ideas can be shared and people can say, hey, your idea is stupid or, hey, this is true whether you like it or not. The left can't handle it. And it's in part because think of some of the positions that they take, completely indefensible, absurd. The Biden administration, for example, claims that it's a good idea to deal with inflation, just have the federal government spend 5 trillion more dollars. That's crazy, right? Well, how do the American people find out that it's crazy if when you start to make your case on Twitter, they shadow ban you, they throttle you? Or even worse, if you say that Rachel Levine, the member of HHS who just got some, uh, some Ma- uh, woman of the year award, and then the Sacramento Bee, I'm sorry, not the Sacramento, the Babylon Bee made a joke about how Rachel Levine is in fact a man, and that can never change, and that biology will never be altered, and Twitter shuts down the, sacra- uh, the Sac, <laughs> the Babylon Bee, I always do that, the Babylon Bee account. And you say to yourself, well, what's that all about? You see, the left can't deal with censorship. The left can't deal with an even playing field in the, in the realm of ideas, so for them, this is a catastrophic loss. We just want fair, but they hate fair. Here's a college professor, just to give you a sense of how much the hysteria gets turned up here. Jeff Jarvis. I'm sure this guy triple masks alone outside because he takes the virus seriously. Today on Twitter feels like the last evening in a Berlin nightclub at the twilight of Weimar, Germany. <laughs> oh yeah, because people being able to actually share their thoughts on Twitter is you know, just like the rise of the Nazis. It's amazing, isn't it? Even if Elon, look, they're going to do everything they can. The DOJ is now investigating Tesla for regulatory issues. Oh, I'm sure that's a coincidence. And they're going to circle the wagons here. The Democrat-aligned corporate media, just they're going to do everything they can to stop this buy And I think right now the odds are probably against Elon being able to buy it. That all said, they've showed everybody beyond a shadow of a doubt who they are. They are speech censors and suppressors because their ideas suck. They can't defend them, so they have to cheat in terms of the platform, the battlefield. That's the way this goes. All right, we come back, we'll have more on Elon's efforts here to acquire Twitter and the implications that it has. With former Facebook uh, employee and research fellow at the Heritage Foundation, Kara Frederick. First, I wanna talk to you about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed. That's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue. Without real security, people can read your emails, messages, even your bank information. Secure takes care of that. You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, anyone else with total confidence you're not being spied on by your internet provider or big tech. costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today, that's S-E-K-U-R.com, and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. Former Facebook employee Kara Frederick joins to talk about social media platforms in a moment. There's a battle going on right now that may be the most important fight our country's had since the Revolutionary War. Once again, it's about our freedom. People like you and me are being canceled, our speech increasingly censored by big tech and corporate media. Can't let that happen. Time to fight back. Please stand with us and support The First TV. Be a part of our team dedicated to preserving the very essence of who we are, free Americans. With Elon Musk potentially taking over Twitter, conservatives and free speech advocates can breathe a sigh of relief, but people across the aisle are starting to sweat. For years, Twitter has been a rigged game for the left, suppressing some ideas and accounts while elevating others. This has led to a chilling effect on free speech, of course. Our next guest has called out Twitter and other big tech platforms for violating free speech principles and agreed it's time for aggressive reforms to ensure these tech giants are held accountable. Heritage Heritage Technology Research Fellow and former Facebook employee Kara Frederick is with us now. Kara, thanks so much.
3: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: So, first off, I mean, there's the big question as to whether or not this will go through. Twitter seems like it's circling the wagons to fight this uh, buyout uh, or purchase effort by, by Elon Musk. But just give folks a sense of uh, what, what level of actual censorship suppression and maybe we could say algorithmic gamesmanship goes on at places like Twitter, Facebook, these massive platforms.
3: Yeah, I think it's huge, and I think people can believe their lying eyes when they see what's being censored on Twitter ad nauseum. Uh, you have Representative Jim Banks saying a man is a man and a woman is a woman. You have the Babylon Bee, most saying Rachel Levine is our man of the year. Now she identifies as a woman, so that's verboten. Uh, You have examples over and over again. I see that the predominant one is the Hunter Biden laptop. Twitter was the one who led the way in this regard. They even broke the links to that New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop within the direct messages of Twitter users. So even if you wanted access to the story on Twitter you couldn't get it and then there's various studies out that basically say hey social media companies censor say sitting Republican Congress members at a rate of 53 to 1 to Democratic Congress members so this suppression goes on and it's not just at the the algorithmic level clearly the hate speech algorithms didn't necessarily take down the recent New York shooter because he was of a different political persuasion than the leftist narrative would have you uh, propagate so So you can sort of see the studies, you can sort of see with your own eyes what's happening at a regular, on a regular level, at the algorithmic level, and then the content moderators making these individual decisions themselves once uh, some of that automation escalates to human review. It is pervasive across these platforms.
0: There was a tweet from Elon just last month, free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle? He put out a poll here. 70% 70% said, no, no. You could say, well, this isn't scientific, it's a skewed poll, whatever the case may be, but I-, I just have to wonder, how could anyone think that Twitter is actually even trying to be a free speech pl- platform, put aside all the obvious violations of that principle, like the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop, and you can't say things about masks, you can't even share studies about masks, all, all these different things that are out there. They're freaking out because a guy wants to buy Twitter to make sure that everybody has free speech rights on Twitter. So how could it be anything other than a suppression platform?
3: Exactly. This exposes the lie. Uh, remember when Twitter was first created and they said they wanted to be the free speech wing of the free speech party? Uh, we clearly know that it's gone all downhill from there. We, th- The biggest problem, though, I think here is that the fact that we have to choose between billionaires, uh, say Jeff Bezos and The Washington Post, Elon Musk, who believes that free speech is a societal imperative. But the fact that we have to choose between them, that's an admission of where we are when it comes to free speech in our society today. Because it's about who controls the discourse. Right now, I can tell you it ain't the people. And are we, a republic, allowed to govern ourselves or not? Or are we going to keep subjecting ourselves to these bottlenecks that really cut into this culture of free speech and gender self-censorship, chill, open discourse? I mean, this has political effects, but also cultural effects that hit at our very core of who we are, fundamentally our rights as American, the freedom to speak freely and the disposition to do so without material impacts. This, This means everything. And I think Elon, he recognizes this and he He's trying to change it, but we shouldn't have to rely on a handful of billionaires to actually do that, or even just one in this case.
0: I'm just wondering, how does the machinery of censorship and you know algorithmic games to put forward some ideas and individuals to elevate them to suppress others? How does that stuff work? I mean, is, is fa- I mean, you worked at Facebook. Does Facebook essentially have a room full of people whose job it is is to do that, and they just get to make choices, and no one ever, you know, there's no oversight? How does it work?
3: You know they have a, a couple rooms full of people to do this, and it works in a few different ways. You have your automated component, so that's automate everything that you can. This is the the actual AI that does the work of parsing through the data. They look for specific keywords. Uh, they code in uh, and they they change and they tweak and they refine the algorithms. They use internal tools to do this as well. So there's a machine level that goes into this as well. Sometimes you have that uh, the machine flags some of these issues and they escalate it to a different. Q, which is a human looking at it, so human review. So there's sort of a combination of both. There's a lot of boasting that their algorithms pick up, some of what they're calling hate speech, what they program as hate speech and whatnot, but humans do if this uh, case could stand to be a public relations fire, then humans do tend to get their eyes on some of this content. Uh, Not in a lot of ways, uh, usually upwards of 90% of, say, genuine terrorist content is caught by machines first, but there's a combination of the two and content moderators, a lot of, you know, they have tens of thousands at least at Facebook who comb through some of this content with human eyes and the, you know they make decisions as well sometimes it's escalated to as high as the C suite and they make decisions as then too but it's a you know we almost will never know as well especially as they tweak and create those internal tools to do this too so effectively it's a black box we need more transparency if we're going to think about the impacts of these content moderation practices
0: they're very upset about the prospect of free speech over at CM, CNN, Kara, uh, which is fascinating because CNN is allegedly, I mean, it's not, but allegedly a journalism organization. Here's uh, Brian Stelter over there talking about the Musk bid. Twitter's now in a very public fight with its biggest shareholder, who is also the richest man in the world, who of course is you know, the, invested in Tesla and so many other companies. And he wants to be invested more in Twitter. He says he wants to pay $54.20 a share to buy up the rest of Twitter that he doesn't have. Of course, $54.20, that's 420 dollars That's a code for marijuana, a, uh, you know, which he very much enjoys. So is this all a troll, or is this very real? Well, it's real enough that he filed with the SEC. It's real enough that he's saying, this is my best and final offer. It's real enough that investors are now wondering what's going to happen if he pulls out and sells all the shares he already has. It's a huge problem for Twitter right now. It's a huge problem for Twitter. The richest man in the world wants to pay above the market price by, what, 20 or 30% roughly, making everybody who's a Twitter stockholder, making everybody at the company who owns stock in the company richer. He's the richest guy on the planet, and a company doesn't want him to buy them because he says he's going to do what they promised to do in the beginning of Twitter, which is free speech. Kara, something doesn't add up here.
3: That is how far we've fallen. And you look at uh, some of the editorials in the Washington Post owned by Jeff Bezos, another one of the richest men in the entire world. Nobody from the left freaks out about that. I didn't hear their clamoring when he bought the post whatsoever. So in my mind, the left has an entirely different conception of what free speech actually means in America. If the people that they like are saying things, that's okay. But if the people that they don't like are actually speaking, that's not allowed. I mean, this is it, it, there's nothing more obvious. I think if this has exposed them for, for who they truly are and what they truly think.
0: Kara, thanks for the expertise. Good to see you.
3: Appreciate it, bud.
0: Residents of China's largest city, Shanghai, remain locked down this evening despite the fact that brutal public health measures aren't working. What exactly is the Chinese Communist Party trying to achieve here? Independent journalist Jordan Schachtel has some theories. He'll join us next. Let's talk about protecting your most viable asset, your home. Look, I'm skeptical, so when I started hearing about home title theft, I figured, how is that even possible? Some cyber thief forges your signature on a quit-claim deed and acts like they're the new owner of your home, takes out loans against a home that they pretend to own? Yeah, that's actually how it goes. The FBI FBI says this crime is growing rapidly. That's why you need Home Title Lock. Home Title Lock has earned my trust. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title, and the instant anyone's messing with it, they shut it down. Look, here's what you gotta do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials about how easy this crime is, how rampant this crime is, Number two, register your home address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. When you protect your home, tell them Buck Sexton sent you to get the listener discount.
1: HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Jordan Schachtel stops
3: by in a moment. Despite the world's most harsh lockdown in the city of
0: Shanghai, the public health measures don't appear to be having the intended effect. Not a surprise. According to a report from Reuters, China's financial hub Shanghai reported over 27,000 coronavirus cases on Thursday, a new high. This comes a day after President Xi Jinping said the country must continue with its strict dynamic COVID clearance policy and pandemic control measures. So what have we learned from this? Lockdowns are an ineffective way to slow the spread of a virus and ultimately have unintended consequences, which is the same thing we've been learning for the past two years, of course. join me now to discuss is Independent journalist, Jordan Schachtel. You can follow him at Jordan Schachtel on Twitter. Jordan, what's going on?
2: Hey, Bob, how you doing? Good to speak with you.
0: I'm good, man. Good to see you. You know, you wrote on your substack about the Shanghai lockdowns, writing that Chinese authorities became convinced that their Wuhan lockdown actually worked, and that an aggressive level of nationalistic superiority was the reason China justifies its position as the only country in the world to eliminate the virus through lockdowns. Now looking at the record numbers of COVID cases in Shanghai, we know that's just not true. Was this just more Chinese propaganda they were trying to push at the time? I mean, Jordan, honest question, what the hell do they think they're doing? In China? like, we know that two weeks, people have seemed to have forgotten two weeks was all about hospital capacity in the beginning. We, we got to let our hospitals get enough masks and ventilators lined up. And then we were just going to go about our lives. Of course, then they kept extending and extending other measures. What's the China, what's the Shanghai plan here?
2: That's the million dollar question or, or in this economy, the billion or trillion or quadrillion dollar question is, is what is the motive behind the craziness going on in Shanghai? They're locking down a hard lockdown, like bolting people into their houses and not allowing freedom of movement whatsoever. 30 million people trapped behind this new COVID mania society in Shanghai, and and I wrote a piece at dossier.substack.com and kind of laid out what the potential motives could be behind this. So while some people might believe it's like this kind of nationalistic hubris that they can shut down a virus, which is like literally impossible and lockdowns. You know, have been tried in over 100 countries failed in every single time they were tried. Some people think this might be some type of like info op to kind of hoax the West into locking down and just detonating their economies again. But I mean, the lockdowns are not going to work to stop the spread of a virus. So what is the end game here? We're seeing reports of starvation, uh, horrific human rights atrocities. They have these like Quarantine camps that are that are popping up throughout Shanghai, where people are being hauled off if they test positive, and then have to stay there for an indefinite period of time. It's really a, a human rights tragedy on an unbelievable level, and and that's the way I think it should be framed. Instead of oh, you know, we're doing public health nonsense. That it's really just a total depravity. The Chinese Communist Party is has become it might be completely unhinged and they seem to have like their backs against the wall thinking that they can do the impossible. So there's no you know, element of, of individual liberty that they'll ever really acknowledge. So they're just doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the madness right now.
0: At a recent news conference, we have Li Zenlong, Deputy Director of Disease Control, National Health Commission in China, addressing the people of Shanghai, stating, in the city of Shanghai for eight consecutive days, there have been over 10,000 new infected cases reported. The epidemic is in a period of rapid growth. Community transmission has not been effectively contained and spilled over into multiple provinces and cities. We are still faced with grim and complicated challenges in the fight against the epidemic. I mean, I think this is, first of all, I mean, it's horrific and it's scary because I really do believe that people like Fauci see this and think, wow, China takes the virus seriously instead of, wow, China's completely out of its mind. This is a human rights violation on a, on a you know, scale of tens of millions of people. Uh, what exactly, if, if it's not, if this doesn't work, what do the Chinese think they're gonna do next? I mean, they're literally not letting people leave their homes, millions and millions of them. This is what
1: happens when you have
2: a government that's grounded in this broken communist slash corporatist oligarchic uh, philosophy that they just don't care about people's rights. I mean, if you look at the history of communism, it's led to mass death and starvation and other horrible tragedies, and I hope that this isn't another incident on, you know, the scale of the population of Shanghai, where we're going to see something horrible happen. But uh, you know, according to these initial reports, and all these testimonies that we're seeing kind of leaking out of the um, the Great Firewall in China for the internet, it seems that things are getting really bad. So China's going to have to make a decision. Uh, they're going to have to either abandon this COVID zero fanaticism, or they're going to participate in a mass human atrocity. And it's very sad to see because you know, on, on a human level, um, it, there's been so many people in the United States in like you know the, this woke corporate enterprise world. That have been telling us to model ourselves after China. Same thing with these public, so-called public health experts that have been telling us that oh, China's doing everything right. Well, here we're seeing what we're seeing in Shanghai is a, is a complete atrocity, a complete tragedy, and it should. I hope it wakes a lot of people up into the horrors that can come from a top-down tyrannical society like what you're seeing in China right now.
0: And Can I just add to this, Jordan, uh, that if what China is doing which is a true lockdown, I mean, like a prison lockdown, which is where the term comes from. You cannot leave your cell. In this case, your cell is your home. Any circumstances, buying food, nothing. You have to stay in your home for weeks on end. If that doesn't effectively stop the spread of this virus, they've got, what, they said 10,000. I've seen it's more like 25,000 cases a day in Shanghai, new cases every day. How could we ever think that what we did in America, which was you know, basically shut down restaurants for a little bit, but other people still go to work, but other people still gather in places, had any effect whatsoever on the spread of the virus. I mean, to me, it just shows if the China lockdown doesn't work, the American version was a complete joke.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is that
2: what worries me is that, you know, they're going full Pyongyang style here. And if they manipulate the numbers again, like they did the last time, they'll essentially their message to the West, like what we saw in Wuhan was like, oh, the lockdowns work. And if you guys can't do it as well as us, you know, that's because China's superior to you. So I hope people don't get baited into another type of like info op situation where China manipulates its numbers, claims to have zero cases, even though we know that's basically impossible. They've been claiming that for two years that they've had no COVID cases. So I think that's the big worry is that people like Fauci and the public health establishment are going to attempt something like this, maybe not on the craziness uh, the level that they're at in Shanghai but I think they're certainly going to try to attempt something like that so people have to be uh, keep an eye out and be very skeptical about China's numbers I hope they end the lockdowns and I don't care what type of propaganda they use to end them but we should not absolutely not adopt this insanity.
0: By the way going into the midterms this fall do you think that blue states back here in America are gonna try to ramp up these restrictions again? Or do they recognize, even if they don't admit it, that that it does nothing, that it's politically not going to fly anymore?
2: Who knows? You know, when you introduce this fear element, especially like these these sheep that have. Uh, been uh, quintuple vaccinated, I think they'll just do anything that the government tells them to do. Uh, You already see in in Philly, they're restoring the indoor mask mandate. I know that there's still a lot of maskers all throughout the blue states that wear masks outdoors to sport their new religious. cloth item. It, it, it's very difficult to tell. What I can tell you is that here in Florida, there's absolutely no way. and I'm very happy about that. And, uh, you know, thank goodness we have Ron DeSantis here. But but for the midterms, I would expect some political action related to the coronavirus. They love the mail-in ballot stuff. So, you know, if there's a scary virus out there, it's another good reason to uh, kind of manipulate the system and make it more difficult to make it transparent.
0: Gordon Schachtel, good to see you, sir. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Andy. It looks like high prices prices, and out of control inflation are taking a heavy toll on Joe Biden's popularity. New polls showing only 33% of American adults approve of the president's job performance. When we come back. The founder of the Douglas Society and first TV contributor Rob Smith is going to help us break down the latest numbers. Right now, I want to tell you about our newest sponsor to hold the line, The Silencer Shop. I'm a big supporter of the Second Amendment, as you know, and for many gun owners, using a suppressor is a must. It protects your hearing and they improve accuracy because it minimizes recoil. It's also just a more comfortable shooting experience. Suppressors are 100% legal in 43 states. So If you wanna practice safe, accurate shooting and protect your ears, suppressor is the way to go, and you gotta go with Silencer Shop. They have a variety of suppressors starting at just $365. My friends at the Silencer Shop are the industry leaders for suppressors. They're a Texas-based company, and they excel at customer service, okay? Their customer views are amazing. On Trustpilot, Silencer Shop has an average ranking of 4.9 out of five stars based on over 25,000 reviews. You can trust these guys. Get more details online at silencershop.com or on Instagram at instagram.com silencershop. Shop now,
1: silencershop.com. We'll be right back with more Hold The Line. It looks like high inflation and the rising cost of goods is catching up to President Joe
0: Biden. A new poll from Quinnipiac University shows that just 33% of U.S. adults approve of the way Joe Biden is handling his job, while 55% disapprove of his performance. The president's approval number is down 17 points from its high of 50% back in March of 2021. Despite the White House's best efforts, it looks like the American people have decided that the president of the United States is responsible for what's going on here with the economy and not actually Vladimir Putin. Joining me now to help break down some latest numbers and more is first TV contributor and founder of The Douglas Society, Mr. Rob Smith. Rob, what's up? Hey, Buck, how's it going? I wonder, like, so can I just tell you my theory? I, sure. I feel like maybe Biden is bottoming out at the right time. I mean, I, I don't know how else to think, think about this. It, it's so bad right now by the numbers, by the polls, that it almost has to get a little better going into the fall, and so maybe there'll be the slightest bit of momentum in the direction? Or or do you think it could actually get worse? Because I talked to Clay about this today. He's like, no, I think it could get worse.
4: No, look. I think it can get worse too, and you know, by the right time bottoming out, it's certainly not the right time for Americans who've been suffering through this. It's oh, it's been less than eighteen months. That's a, that's the craziest thing um, when I really think about this. And you know, what I think about a lot is I think about kind of the juxtaposition between Biden and Obama. I was a um, a liberal during the Obama years, but I wasn't quite paying too much attention to what was going on. And I think the difference between this these years and those years is that then you really at least had some somebody that could go out and sell this. You had somebody that it was very easy for the entertainment industry and Hollywood and all of that stuff to sell this this fairly charismatic figure um, who was destroying the country at that time. But now you have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris who are not charismatic, um, who are not beloved by Hollywood or or the media or any of the the usual suspects that kind of prop these people up. And so I think that the general public is just more open to seeing the failures. And furthermore, the. Failures are just right in front of our faces at all times. Everybody can see inflation, I can see it, you can see it. We see it at the gas pump, we see it at the grocery stores. So we see all of these things. And there's also something that the mainstream media cannot hide. And that is video after video after video that goes kind of semi viral on Twitter on the Internet of Joe Biden looking confused, looking like he doesn't know where he's at. Um, you know, uh, Not being able to read the teleprompter, You know, saying words that are not words. So we see all of these things. And it is not instilling confidence in the American people that we have a strong leader in charge right now.
0: I want you to take a look at this one, Rob, and just tell me what you see here in terms of how how you think this breakdown is happening. Are young people turning on Biden? This is approval by age group: 18 to 34 years old, only 21%. You see, the older you get, the better Biden's approval seems to get, which is, see, seems a little bit strange. Why are those 18 to 34s, and and obviously that's including a lot of Democrats, so anti-Biden? I mean, do you think it's just because, I mean, I've got a theory. I'll throw this out to you. Um, There are people who are too old for the jobs that they have now in politics, right? Dianne Feinstein, there's apparently stories going around now that she's literally incapable of doing her job in the Senate, and her staffers essentially do everything, like actually do everything, and she's just a figurehead. I mean, she's she's almost non-functional in that role. I mean, Joe Biden's like, you know, doddering around, looks confused.
4: It's it's gotten, I think the younger people are saying this is weird. Do you, th- do you think that's part of it or what's going on here? You know, I do think that that's part of it and the Feinstein story is very interesting. I tweeted out about that earlier today. It is one is 88 years old. So we really need to start thinking about um, term limits and we also really need to start thinking honestly about the ages of people that we are, you know, putting in positions to be the, the highest power in the land. But um, I, that was the first time that I've seen that particular poll. It's very interesting to me because younger people are generally the ones that are the most susceptible and most open to the Democrat Party propaganda, which like I said, um, goes through Hollywood, goes through music, goes through entertainment. Um, it was very easy for them to sort of push some of these people on younger people in the past when they were, like I said, good enough to sell it. Joe Biden is not good enough to sell this. He's angry, he's mean, he's a confused old man. And younger people are gonna be looking at this saying, this ain't it. And also, even though these younger people aren't as affected by the economy and inflation and gas prices as the older cohorts in that poll, they still see some of these things. And I think that for some of those younger people as well, Um, The progressives are complaining a lot about Biden that he did not follow through on promises when it comes to things like student loan debt forgiveness um, and and climate issues and and all of that stuff. Now, those are things that younger people, Democrats and progressives especially, believe in, um, and they are seeing Joe Biden as not following through on these things. So that may have something to do with some of these lower approval rates uh, among that cohort. Another really
0: interesting data set from within this QAnAPAC poll, Rob, was Biden doing worst among Hispanics? Uh, his support among white, uh, white people was 31%, black people 63%, Hispanics, 26%. What do you
4: think's driving that? Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, Democrats on the left have this idea that every Latino voter, every Hispanic voter um, has a lot in common with these illegal immigrants that they're trying to push across the border and sell so socialism too, right? That is a fundamental miscalculation. You wanna talk to some Cubans in Miami about, about socialism and communism, about how much they hate it? And so the Hispanic community is really rejecting these things. I think that what they're also rejecting is the wokeness. That We talk a lot about how woke the far-left Democrats have gone in terms of African Americans with the BLM stuff and all of that. But when it comes to Hispanics and Latinos, they wanna kind of redefine their language, they wanna say Latinx. And they wanna say all of these things that are not ways in which Hispanic and Latino Americans speak outside of far left wing Latino activists on Twitter. So I think Hispanics are seeing these things, they're seeing this sort of fundamental betrayal of the values that they hold dear by the left, and it's really turning them away. Do I think that it's sending them into the arms of Republicans? Um, I'm not entirely sure that that's true. But I know that Democrats are really, really missing the boat on Hispanics right now, and a real opportunity for conservatives and Republicans to go to this community to speak to them like Americans, like human beings, and just put facts on the table instead of all of this woke far left pandering. They do not wanna be called Latinx. Nobody says that.
0: Rob, you know, there's another thing that they got that's a problem going into this uh, election cycle. Prices stuff, which, you know, there's a lot of spin you can do about things, right? Oh, no, the crime's not our fault. Oh, no, the border's secure. We're going to make it better. You know, we're great on foreign policy, whatever, right? The Democrat media is going to say what they're going to say. But when it comes to things like gasoline price, the price of a used car, the price of homes, up 48% on gasoline, 35% used cars. And once you get into things like chicken, hamburger meat, milk, you know, staples that people in the American diet get at the grocery store, all much more expensive. Tough to spin that one, Rob. I mean, I'm, I'm, are you seeing the red wave coming here, buddy? Because I don't want to get excited too soon, but I feel like off in the
4: distance, there's this red wave gathering. You know, I do see it. And you know, I always sort of, um. I don't want Republicans and conservatives to get sort of like too cocky or too overconfident about this. But every single indicator that we're seeing indicates that there is gonna be a red wave in Congress. But the question is, when we get this red wave in Congress and possibly take back the Senate, are the people that we elect going to actually wield this power in ways that are gonna make the lives of the average American any better? So that's the question. I hope we do take back the House and the Senate. But, you know, people like you and I and and people that are out here, you know, commentators, et cetera, we really need to start holding our side's feet to the fire because I am old enough to remember when we had the White House, the Senate, and Congress, and did absolutely nothing but pass a tax cut. I
0: remember that too. Good point, Rob. Rob, thanks so much. Good to see you. thanks, Buck. All right, coming up, Joy Behar (laughs) once again has demonstrated uh, why The View is the dumbest show on television. We'll have that video for you coming up in Quick Hits.
3: It's amazing, stay with us. Joy Behar proves once again that ABC's
0: The View is in fact the dumbest show on television and new text messages from Hunter Biden's laptop suggest he was kicking up money to the big guy, we all know who that is, right? He kind of mutters and gets confused, wears aviator sunglasses a lot, kind of whispers for no reason. We got those stories and quick hits, let's get to it. First of all, look, I mean, The View is amazing. If you told me that I had to pick between Brian Stelter on CNN or The View in terms of content that the right can use to ridicule these stupid ideas and many of the stupid people on the left, it is tough. That is a, a challenging, a uh, challenging decision that one might have to make. But this definitely pushes it more in favor of The View, and specifically Joy Behar, who has somehow paid millions of dollars to say incredibly ignorant, often vicious and stupid things on television, on network television, for reasons that God knows why. And here she is, just if you're wondering, does Joy Behar have a fifth or even fourth grade level civics education The answer is no. Watch this. The The Supreme Court is is poised to pass a bill contradicting the New York City state laws. We have very strict gun laws here, and they would like it to be, apparently somebody has put this on their desk, that New York should be an open-carry state and an open-carry city. With all of the density in this city, they want people running around with guns. People, middle-class people, will be leaving in droves if that happens. The Supreme Court Is set to pass a bill, she says. And it wasn't a moment of misspeaking. She says it and keeps going because she thinks the Supreme Court passes bills, apparently. Yeah. And then, I mean, her Second Amendment, uh, (laughs) her Second Amendment assessment is hilarious. Yeah, all the middle-class people will leave if law-abiding people can legally have firearms. The bad guys already have the guns, Joy. Hate to break the news to you. The bad guys have the guns. They're all over the place. There are lots of shootings in New York City. So good guys having guns does not equal more violence. It equals less violence, actually. Yeah. And then there's this, which should be a much bigger story. But of course, the Democrat corporate media doesn't want to talk about it. New text messages show that Hunter Biden was kicking back 50% of some of his money here to his father, Joe Biden. New York Post reports Hunter Biden's access to lucrative financial opportunities also came with expectations, including kicking back as much as 50% of his earnings to his dad, text messages on his old laptop show. I hope you can all do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. Hunter Biden groused to daughter Naomi in January 2019. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Pop, of course, within the Biden family context, is a reference to Joe Biden. Now, how long do we think they'll be able to cover up the fact that the Biden crime family was selling influence and access to Joe Biden as vice president, to Joe Biden as a senator, I'm sure before that, and now Joe Biden as president. His son is making glorified finger paintings for $50,000 a pop, and we can't know who's buying them. Okay. The corruption is out in front of us. It's very obvious. And they try to create this world where Joe Biden's such a nice guy, good old blue collar Joe, you can trust him. He rides the Amtrak, he rides the choo choo all the time. No. No, I'm sorry. The Biden somehow have multi- a portfolio of multiple properties worth millions and millions of dollars. Guy's been a public bureaucrat his whole life. Where's all this money come from? Oh, maybe his son getting millions of dollars from Chinese businessmen, millions of dollars from Ukrainian businessmen. For what, of course? Oh, the the tidy whitey-clad scarf-wearing stripper impregnating uh, crack addict is a brilliant international businessman on the side. That's what we are led to believe. I don't think so. Jen Psaki, by the way, it was asked here about the illegal immigrant situation. This is just great because this is gonna get worse and worse and they have no good answers about it. She says that illegal immigrants processed by border patrol are in fact free to travel wherever they want within the US, watch.
3: The first bus of migrants arrived in DC today. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott making good on his promise to send migrants to the president's doorstep. Uh, I think you previously called it a publicity stunt. Is that still the view of the White House? Can you give us any reaction to this busload of migrants arriving here in D.C.? Well, these are all migrants who have been processed by CBP and are free to travel, so it's nice the state of Texas is helping them get to their
1: final destination as they await their their outcome of their immigration proceedings. And they're all in immigration proceedings.
0: Oh, yeah, they're going to show up for those immigration proceedings? Good luck with that. That's it for tonight's so Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is next. Shields high. There's a battle going on right now that may be the most important fight our country's had since the Revolutionary War. Once again, it's about our freedom. People like you and me are being canceled. Our speech increasingly censored by big tech and corporate media. Can't let that happen. Time to fight back. Please stand with us and support The First TV. Be a part of our team dedicated to preserving the very essence of who we are, free Americans. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The foundation's gold star, fallen first responders, smart home and homeless veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The foundation's never forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's
1: T2T.org. The hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway.